Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we look back at the films of 1999 live from Las Vegas, Nevada, here in 2018. I I respect that. Um, you you went for it. Yeah, but yeah. I honestly, you committed. In my head, it was live oh, from Caesar's Palace here oh, in 2000. I just lost it when I did. My name is Kenny Dibert. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Philisco. And today with us to talk about the 1999 film Play to the Bone is Christian Lander. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. It's already great. What's it's it's 10.06 on a Tuesday night. This is a... Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about boxing. This is, we're going to talk about boxing. Well, sort of. We're going to talk about a long fucking road trip yeah. and then some boxing. Yeah, I mean, if this, I was, think we are. if this was boxing, we wouldn't even be at the first undercard yet. <laughs> well... You remember, like, I would watch boxing as a kid, like, on a illegal cable box. And it wouldn't be, it'd be like one in the morning when the actual main. Event oh, yeah. Yeah. When Tyson would actually go on, <laughs> yeah. it would be 1230. And thank God his fights were four minutes, 90 long. seconds. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, so you could actually watch them all and go to bed. Yeah. But uh, the other, the, the, the thing that rings least true about this movie, actually, is that <laughs> anyone, anyone cares about the undercard in, in any boxing card fight ever? Okay. But let's, before we do that, we're going to just fly Christian. through this, aren't yeah, we? It's good. Christian is a writer. Uh-huh. He's currently a writer on Blackish. Yep. On everyone's favorite network, ABC. This is the day that they canceled Roseanne, so everyone's in a real good mood. People love ABC right now, unless you're a fan of Roseanne. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. not. The old stuff. Yeah. Uh, also wrote on the, the classics. He wrote on uh, Vice Principles, and he wrote a fantastic book, Stuff Why People Like, um, that Ball was also Walter. a website. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, no problem. Happy to be here. My I just- can't wait till Kenny finds out where you're from. <laughs> 
You can't possibly be from Toronto. <laughs> yeah. You're from Toronto? Yeah, I'm from Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 makes, it makes sense by your authority yeah. of white people. Um, Jesus. I don't know if that's a fair assessment. No, that's where I got most of my knowledge from. Okay, I mean, cool, cool, cool. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. That's Carter to Chase McGrady. There are probably some black people there. Yeah. Um, Christian. Yeah. My understanding is you chose this because you were a film reviewer for a college newspaper and you loved this movie. Loved or reviewed? I reviewed this movie. Mm, I'm pretty sure he said loved it. And I did. I do remember, (laughs) I do remember liking it. So yeah, I was actually the sports editor of the McGill Tribune. Okay. In uh, 1999, but I would cherry pick film review assignments. So Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to get, I remember the ones I reviewed, uh, the beach, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. I reviewed Play It to the Bone. I reviewed. So you uh, love the beach, love Play It to the Bone. Love it. I was all over these movies. <laughs> was it Anywhere But Here? The Natalie yes. Portman oh, well, reviewed that one. We love that movie. Reviewed that one. I, yeah. That's Did, coming up in a couple weeks. Did you say we weeks. love that movie or just me? I don't know. If I, I don't love it. That's not. The I right. think that I think our our episode of that, our podcast of that, turned me around on on Anywhere But Here because when I watched, I was like, Meh. and then by the end of it, I was like, this is podcast, the most profound like, movie ever made. I, this is about yeah. I loved it. And then I wrote a review of it that was really positive. Uh-huh. And it was on all these Natalie Portman like fan sites. Sure, right? sure, <laughs> it was just, like, they couldn't find a lot I, of those. I ran six of those. Yeah, they couldn't find <laughs> a lot of those. It was just mostly bad reviews. And then mine was on there. And it's like you're, you know, your writer. You're like, I'm on NataliePortmanFan.com. This is amazing. Sure. <laughs> I'm, getting yeah. my, I'm getting my work out there. It's yeah. fantastic. People are starting to see that I really saw yeah. through the shit. And I knew that this was a great movie. So, yeah. It is a great movie. Yeah. Anywhere but here? Yeah. yeah. There's something there. Movie. I felt something. Um, you remember so any you, others you did? Those those are the ones that jump that jump out. Like those are the big ones I remember doing. I can't remember the other ones I saw. Uh, um, High Fidelity. Yeah, which I was very happy to review. Sure. And uh, those are the only ones I remember reviewing. I don't think that movie personally has aged that well. High Fidelity. I was like, it was like an, an important movie to me for a very long, really like and it. then I watched it when I was older, and I liked it way less. Yeah, uh, Cusack's it's not interesting. It's not particularly interestingly directed Mm -hmm. and some of the casting choices are a little odd yes but cusack is great in it the script is great because he's basically just lifting whole cloth of passages from the book Mm -hmm. um but it works for me i don't know it it still works for me then the jack black of it all like i remember seeing that back then and when he sings and you're like this who the The resolution's amazing you're like who the fuck is jack black like this is crazy now you look and you're like it's just it is really cool i love that all right, so you obviously were at McGill in 1999, yep. which is the second question of this podcast. Um, and the third is, what other movies did yeah, you? What other movies did, did you, you pick think about again? doing? Um, I can't remember what was on it. Like off, on. Office can, Space. Pull it up. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah it was. Oh, like, Entrapment was a big yeah, one you, oh, because my dad, my dad was teaching. Mickey Blue Eyes. Oh, Mickey Blue Eyes is the first movie I ever walked out of. What a what a great list. Uh, I Entrapment. You, you can go back for any of those. Yeah. Because my dad was teaching in Malaysia in 99. Like, my dad retired and yep. was spending a year teaching in Malaysia. And I went to Malaysia and I watched Entrapment on a pirated VCD. Like, back before, <laughs> like, bootleg DVDs or anything. It was yeah. VCDs was, like, what the big thing in Asia. And I remember, I was like, I didn't know that much about Malaysia when I got there. And I got to see the Patronus Towers. And then they were in the movie. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in on this. And I like heist movies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was another one. And then... Kenny, what's your favorite part of Entrapment? Well, the gif. Yeah, and which is <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not her. It's just a gift. It's not her. It's not. Huh? Listen, if you, if you're, I'm just telling you right now. Here's I have theories on all of this, and here's why. 
Wait, wait, is it not Catherine Zeta-Jones or is it not her character? It's not Catherine Zeta-Jones. Bummer. I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent sure it's an ass double because if you did the work to have an ass like that, you're making sure your face is in that shot. Do you know what I mean? So that there's no doubt that it's a body double. That's actually a that shot. I'm going to look up the no, gif. Go ahead. No <laughs> face. You go. No face. I promise you, um, it is not. I a mean, I, I trust you. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember the gif. You know, all I have to do is put entrapment in. Yeah. And, yeah. No, I don't even have to put gif. It's going to come up. Um, it's going to be all that comes up. So, do you remember movies in '99? Yeah. Forget about the ones that you actually reviewed, but of like course. the ones that really made an impression. The ones that like stay that that. I, either you've rewatched recently and are great or just so great in your head that you don't even really need to rewatch them. Yeah, I mean, looking at your list blew my mind a little bit. Like, even some of the sports, or they just off any given Sunday, I'm just trying to go alphabetically. Great, great movie. I had some problems with He's it. He's 100% right. Because <laughs> not only is her face not in the shot, yeah. she's blindfolded. There you go. Stop it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, so think that, I think that's the, the scene. I think yeah. it's like a, it's like a, practice run or something yeah for the all the lasers to make sure that she can get through i've never seen this stupid movie but i have seen the the gift it's gonna be a laser system wow no i mean it's like it's the logic of of being an actor like look if i was in a movie and there's gonna be a shirtless scene of me Mm -hmm. and i and like i'd been working out so hard to get a six-pack i'd be like no you're gonna see my face like i don't want anyone possibly saying it's a body but realistically they're gonna get someone else to do it because i'm not gonna do the work right to get a six-pack right so you're not gonna see my face in it so yeah, you got to use vanity as part of your process. I don't even want to do entrapment anymore. Sorry, buddy. The movie's ruined for him. Uh, Any Given Sunday <laughs> is, uh, I have not seen it in a while, but I remember seeing it and being like, this movie's fucking bananas. It is, though, there is, uh, you know, I'm a big sports fan, and it's hard watching fake teams. Yo, That's I totally agree. so frustrating. I also think the football logic in that movie Was is so flawed. It's so it just yeah. drove me yeah. nuts. That would drive me crazy. Well, we did a Varsity yeah. Blues episode. Which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Varsity Blues. Better football recently? logic. We watched it recently at home, and we... Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> my memories were a little different sure, than when sure, I actually sure. saw it. Yeah, I mean, the pant leg widths were much bigger than I was expecting. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah you, you could fit a whole. It's a better. You could fit movie. a Vanderbeek into each one of those legs. But do you think it's a better football movie than Any Given Sunday? Because there's a part of me that feels yeah. like Any Given Sunday is possibly a better representation of professional football than Varsity Blues is. A college high school football. Well, it was a high school. And he went the best college one of all times, the program, without a doubt. Okay. The one it's where the fantastic. kids died because they laid down on the ground. Yeah. yeah. And then they lifted it from the rest. Yeah. I mean, there's really not another college football movie that had it sort of like that. Well, right. necessary roughness. Such a good movie. True and accurate. <laughs> um, I think. What are his favorite football movies? I love necessary roughness. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I love the old quarterback with eligibility left, Kathy yeah. Ireland making kicks. <laughs> yep. I mean,. <laughs> It was a precursor to Kathy Anita joining, and I think that her experience was probably really less. Well, Kathy Anita was a kicker for the Colorado Buffaloes yeah. in 1999, and she was the first female kicker in D1. And of course, because football is football, just like just an awful experience for her to I have to go through. They were just I, think she, I think she was sexually assaulted. I think she was, too. Yes. Yeah, just terrible. That awful. did not happen to Kathy Ireland in the nope, movie. She nope. was protected by a big giant lineman and yep. uh, no one's talking about it. Obviously, he didn't really protect no, her. He, didn't really. he had his own shit coming on. Yeah, <laughs> he had things to yeah. do. With. He, it was it was a coming a coming of age movie for a thirty eight year old quarterback. It's crazy to think he was th- like thirty eight in that movie. Yeah, he um, didn't look thirty eight. I could play quarterback. Um, <laughs> what movie are we doing? Play it to the bone. Play it to the bone. Well, well let's just just I sure. because you're such a sports person. Uh-huh. I'm quite frankly not. Kenny is a lot more of a sports person. What's your your favorite sports movie major league major league 1989 it's not even a question major league was like when i was a kid playing little league if i had two strikes on me i'd step out of the box 
I do the Pedro Serrano. Sure. Fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd strike out. But like, it's still trying <laughs> every time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just believe the power of the sure, voodoo to sure. do it. And yeah, I love that movie so much. I mean, the Randy Newman song is just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I've I probably mean, seen Major League more than any movie. Yeah. I, it's, I, I could literally quote every line of it. Really? It's such an imp- I've if seen it were, probably if you were a sports maybe three times. And I should watch it again. Though. If you're a sports fan, you were our our age. Yeah, I just, it was just my go-to. Every sleepover, we watched that yeah. movie, and I just all my and you know it was a it was a R-rated movie. Your parents let yeah. us watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there wasn't really nudity in it. Just like a lot of cursing, the, a lot of curse. Because there was and every now and then these weird jokes that stick with you. You know, as a comedy writer and whatever. But there's a moment where they're in the restaurant. It's Behringer, uh, Rene Russo, and Charlie Sheen. And the restaurant makes you wear a jacket and tie. Yeah. And Charlie Sheen's wearing a jacket with the sleeves ripped off yeah. and a tie just around his neck. And he goes, I look like a fucking Fuck a banker. banker. <laughs> just like, I loved it. I just like, and it's delivered. It's delivered. I, I look like a fucking banker. It's, it's so good. So deadpan. It's like they just go past it. It's just like It's just one of these amazing non sequiturs. It's just like, and there's air underneath it too. It's silent after. It's just, it's amazing it, comedy. It's just, but it, it's, it's a perfect moment that no movie would ever ever do no. today because you would no one has the guts to let a, a joke like that just sit there yeah. i love it who directed I, major league some guy didn't do a lot of shit after yeah. some genius you yeah. never do a lot of shit after major it, it's weird because i also feel like you know look segue into ron shelton yeah i'm looking ron at- shelton's three big movies mm-hmm. uh are have also been bull durham White Man Can't Jump, Tin Cup, um, have also kind of been blessed yeah. by the film community mm-hmm. in a way Major League never was. Absolutely. Even though I would say Major League is superior to all three of those movies, mm-hmm. certainly Bull Durham. Um, White Man Can't Jump is my favorite movie of his. Uh, oh, and it's one of my a, favorite movies of, of all time. Yeah. So many times. To just well, lines from it. Why this film is pretty disappointing. Yeah. I, I, Billy Hoyle, and I mean, it's <laughs> seeing a bald head boxer. It's not. I, not, yeah, I, I quote, White Man Can't Jump. I don't quote, I, I reference White Man Can't Jump more than almost it's, any movie. I think it's... Really? I think there are... Mo- I've seen it once, probably. There are moments in that movie that they do so perfectly. It's also perfect from a... From a um, upending your expectations of a sports movie mm-hmm. kind of perspective, right? Yeah. Um, the Deus Ex Machina is perfect. I usually hate them, but I love the Jeopardy thing. It's played out the so entire great. movie. I love that they... I love that he loses the money. Yep. My thing about it for me, I, I ever since I moved, I always thought of like, I love the hustle, which is like, yeah. you go down there and you're like, you can pick my teammate, right? And you pick the whitest, lamest dude. So I've always thought like, who, yeah, are the NBA, Bunch. who are the NBA guys I would want in that hustle situation? Steve Nash first. Like, cause Steve Nash dresses like a hipster yeah, dude. Yeah. The long hair. Not even that big. Not even that big. You'd be like, oh, I'll take Steve Nash and John Stockton. Cause like Stockton always looked like Stockton. a dad. He always looked like a dad. You no know good one is? Who's that? Perfect hustle guy. Matthew Delavadova. Oh, yeah. Nobody sees the little Nobody's the little Aussie coming. <laughs> yes. yeah. Just a weird foreigner. You know, uh, yeah, I guess the height would be a problem for some of the Euro guys who would be good. Is, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, back in the day, Drazen would have been great. Drazen? No, he did. He, he crushed. Yeah, before he died. Before he died. <laughs> <laughs> Not so good now. <laughs> Goran Dragic kind of looks like a weird... Yeah. Like, like a weird European dude who's here on a backpacking vacation. In, in like, 1992, <laughs> if you showed up with any European, you could have showed yeah. up with Vladi and they'd be like, yo, give me the big Euro stiff yeah. and they, you'd, you'd be fine. But So I just want to just very quickly rewind to Major League for okay. a second. Oh, yeah. Just to give sure. you the credits of the writer-director of Major League. Yeah. Um, What's so, his name? Uh, his name is David S. Ward. Okay. Um, 
as a director, he obviously did Major League. He did King Ralph. He did the program. I enjoyed. I love the program. I love King Ralph for the one moment when King Ralph plays cricket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just smashes it. The sports like, moment. Because I'm always like, this is sports what, moment. Yeah. Because I'm always like, this is what I would think would happen. He's like, a great sports if a real, director. If a real baseball player played cricket, it would be like, yeah, just crush it. Well, I tried to understand how cricket works, and it's com- but it's like if you hit it out of the park, you yeah. get six runs. Yeah. What? Like, why are they not hitting it out every <laughs> single time? Like, is the, isn't the inciting incident in that movie like they all die during yes. a photo shoot yeah. or something? Uh, it's like a fire. Weird photo related. Um, here's the other thing. Though, as amazing. a writer, though, royal wedding. We don't even talk about this. The Sting. Oh wow! Oh, so he's been around. Okay, he's got some talent. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh man! Oh, okay, like, he, this should, guy's he should be in the legit. Hollywood Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Major League, Major League Two, Major League Back to the Minors. That's obviously. what ended him. Well, you know, and, I, I, and Major League like, Two has some moments. Yeah, I'm not down with the cult of Major League Two. I don't really understand it. Has some it. moments from solid racism in it as well, and then Major League Three with Bacula. You mean the uh, you the, mean the, the, Japanese? the Japanese guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, come on, yeah, Mabos. Yes, yeah, it's pretty bad. Mabos and the Mabos. Yeah. Oh my god. And then I also get so frustrated that it like where they shoot Major League, like they shot it at uh, Camden Yards for Major League Two. Oh, I, I, I honestly, I don't remember that. That would be obvious. It looked really obvious yeah. that it wasn't Cleveland. At least they, they shot the first one in Milwaukee at County Stadium. Yes, that's a County true. Stadium at least looked like municipal stadium. Yeah, like a like, garbage Like dump. a garbage mistake yeah. on the Lake Stadium. Yeah. But it was really obvious that it was Mistake by the Lake, yeah. Um, so Ron Shelton, just to oh, pivot yeah. back to Ron yep. Shelton for a second here. So he does, his first film is Bill Durham, Bull Durham. He does that in, in 88. He does White Man Can't Jump in 92. He does Cobb. Well, you're missing one. Yeah, uh, Blaze. I don't know what Blaze is. Only relevant because starred Lolita Davidovich. Yes. His future wife. His future oh. wife and his future muse. I mean. Also, uh, Canadian. London, Ontario. Star of. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Okay. If you look at, if you look at Lolita Davidovich's Shelton movies. Yeah. She's only in the bad ones. Yeah. She's I mean, not it's in Blaze. Any of the good one. Play to the bone. Is she in Hollywood Homicide? Yes. And she's Hollywood in, Homicide is rough. And she's in Cobb, which is his only, well, I mean. I mean, I think long, that, you know. I, here's the thing. He obviously should stick with sports movies. Yeah. Stick he to know, sports. He knows sports. Yeah. Uh, may, may, maybe. Well, After Play to the Bone, I'd be like, maybe you got I don't know what, a but then bit. he does two cop movies. He does Dark Blue with Kurt Russell, which oh, I. And Lolita Davidovich. And then Hollywood Homicide, which, which is. Bad, bad, bad. And he just and, did this Morgan Freeman yeah, movie. I mean, just sorry, getting started. Um, well, we which, don't know. If we, come on, you know he did. Of course he did. Well, but they all did. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman, Tommy Lee Jones, Renee Russo. Uh, I don't know. They're old. Um, the two hander action comedy in the vein of Midnight Run. I, 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 I doubt it. <laughs> Point is, Ron Shelton. Um, when he when he's clicking. There's kind of nobody like him. I think Bull Durham is a, is a fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not a sports guy, so I'm the first to admit that. But I think it's probably my favorite baseball movie, that or A League of Their Own. I don't know. I, again, haven't seen Major League as many times as you guys have. Need to rewatch it. They're yeah. both great answers because they're both great movies. Yeah. Like they're fantastic movies. I like Moneyball. White White Man Can't Jump. I like Moneyball too. Actually, I didn't yeah. really like it the first time I saw it, but yeah. I like it more. But White Man Can't Jump is just a movie I want to live in. Yes, it's just always absolutely. been this like I gotta rewatch it's it. One of the one of the biggest reasons I moved to LA was yeah. that movie. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I gotta just, watch it. Just the look and the feel of it, and the, yeah. they're both coming here from somewhere else. Yeah, and just like the guy singing that like old that old man group that sings yeah. on the on the beach, and but it's the like, hustling culture. But and, there's also the amazing 
undercurrent to all of it, which is that Billy Hoyle is a guy who came to LA with nothing but talent. Billy right? Hoyle. That's all he had. Yeah. Right. And it was like, he was obviously getting no credit. No one wanted to play with him because he was the lame white dude, but like he got in once mm-hmm. he could play. And it was like, there's something about LA and the misty that's like, you yeah. just open nothing and have some talent. And same with Rosie Perez, you yeah, know, that she had no her. talent and yeah. like, yeah. but it was like that, but they did it without being cheesy about it. You know what I mean? With the like, you're really going to be judged based on your talent out here. And it was kind of just this amazing thing that that's, I love. Well, I, I, I have to watch it again. That's so good. Uh, in a little context for this movie. Yeah. We um, haven't really talked about this movie at all, but. Yeah, we should probably talk about it a little bit before. Well, let me give context. Give we'll context about. and we'll do so, the 30,000. Uh, for people who have not seen Play to the Bone, which I imagine is the majority of our audience, right. considering its box office, uh, synopsis of the film, Woody Harrelson and Antonio Banderas are his best friends and professional boxing rivals, Vince Boudreaux and Cesar Dominguez, both of whom haven't worked in years. Finally, from out of the blue, they get the chance of a lifetime and assignment to work together in Vegas. I mean, to fight in Vegas, that's a strange way of putting it. The job promises big money, but there's a hitch. They have to be there now. Uh, Play to the Bone opened in limited release on Christmas Day in 1999, because they thought that that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind Well, a- they almost definitely thought this was an Oscar yeah. movie. Well, but listen to what opened on Christmas weekend. Okay. 1999. Any given Sunday, the talented Mr. Ripley, Man on the Moon, Galaxy Quest, Girl Interrupted, Angela's Ashes, Snow Falling on Cedars, and Titus all opened on the same weekend. All Oscar movies except for there was one in there that was in Galaxy Quest. But all... Which should have been. Sorry, Galaxy Quest, in in my books, is like, maybe, if you're ever teaching a class on screenwriting, that is a perfect... Uh, Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Um, don't mean to say it wasn't, but it, it was it in the conversation. Play. Yes, yes. Of course. This definitely And actually probably wasn't. was hurt by the release date of that movie. If that movie had been released earlier, that movie might have been more successful. I, at a box weirdly, I just, I think Galaxy Quest kind of found its level. I, yeah. I think just like, really? In an office space kind of way. Like, it's not the most high concept. It is a very high concept movie. That's not what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's not the it's not the most grabby movie, right? It's a Star Trek spoof at a moment in time when Star Trek wasn't was really not. A thing. Yeah, I, I agree with now, that. I'd heard a story, and I might be this might be completely wrong about the writer of Galaxy Quest. I heard he was a USC professor, kind of calling a shot. The people were sort of poking around, being like, "Well, you teach it, but you can't actually do it." And then he's like. Really? I hope that's and true. Hope, and I heard that he just, he did it. There's a very strong chance that we are going to have the screenwriter and director of Galaxy Quest on Amazing. I heard, I, I might be completely wrong. No, you, I mean, why don't I, you come on for it? You should come on. I'm not even kidding. Come Seriously. on and interview him. If you're a big fan of the movie, you should come I'm on to interview him. Come on in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Galaxy Quest, here's the thing about, my, my point is more about the fact that I think that I agree with you that that film found its audience on video and in its cult status, and that's what makes it what it is. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking purely dollars and cents, mm-hmm. if that film had been released in October or, or April, for that matter, I think it might have had a better shot. I mean, the movie cost $45 million, which is a lot back You're right. Then. That's a lot. It makes 71 domestically. It makes 90 worldwide. That, that That's a movie that should have made way more money mm-hmm. than that. So that, that's, that was really my only point. Um, I, I think that... It's a packed, packed weekend. I don't think Play It to the Bone was an Oscar play. I really don't. I think that they just, they kind of buried it. They dumped it. It seems like maybe Ron Shelton wanted it to be a, an Oscar play. So they gave it a limited release on Christmas. So maybe it could get a nomination for a Lolita uh, Divinity. I, I think don't we're kind of saying the same thing. I think that, I think that this movie was made with Oscar intentions. Really? With all the comedy that's in it. Even in 99, it's like, so weird. even the swings for comedy. I mean, it's like, yeah, because like, Movies like it had, like my cousin movies did. like it had been getting Oscar. It, or it's it's the tail end of right. this out of sight thing, this Vinny thing, this get shorty thing, this thing that happened. That's in the, true. This thing that happened in it's the Elmore 90s, Leonard kind of vibe to it. Elmore, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it does feel like cut rate Elmore, Elmore it does, Leonard. Absolutely. That 
and the especially music, the, the music speaks to that yeah. and kind of the the, the way it's shot so speaks to it weird like yeah. the weird like yeah. drum and bass drum and stuff bass. that's yeah. happening I'm like oh my god so but opening I, with like fucking I, slow jazz over like Vegas I'm like what's the I fucking will, tone right, so here? I will I will cop to this uh, it's a tone I love. Okay. Right? It's a tone. So I'm, I'm bought in from the beginning because okay. yeah. I love movies like that's this. That's a tone I love. I got excited with That's Major League's tone yeah, right there, absolutely. right? Absolutely. And I'm all and in. And it with starts the exact same way with like kind of, it's almost the opposite of the hangover beginning, which is such a brilliant way they start that movie with shots of Vegas in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. After you wake up hungover, yeah. which is the worst feeling in the world. This Vegas is looks Vegas. like shit in the, like seeing it that way. It's the it's, least, it's the least romantic yeah, yeah. view of Vegas. This is the most romantic. This is Vegas at, at magic hour. So it's all yeah. of Vegas's possibilities. It looks like it, I don't know. The opening felt, felt very much like leaving Las Vegas to me. Like it had this very kind of like slow, maudlin, almost like yeah. depressing vibe. I was like, this is how you want to start this fucking movie, which by the way is for all intents and purposes, a pretty, it's comedic for most of the movie yeah. until it becomes a right. blood. So I think I, so I, I just want, I just want to put my, my feelings about this movie out there. Okay. I texted Phil that this is a great movie at the exact worst moment. Because Which there was? is one moment where I think that this is almost a great movie. Okay. Right near the end of the fight before the decision. Right near the end of the fight before the decision, it all kind of comes together in a way that felt like, I'd never seen this dynamic in a movie before. Yeah. I truly didn't know what was going to happen until mm-hmm. it became very obvious what yeah. was going to happen. Um, and I thought, I actually liked the, like kind of the bloodbath, the bloodbath aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 it was working for me at that one moment, like all the emotions were coming together. And then the last 10 minutes are really an abomination. Yeah. <laughs> it gets really bad, really fast. Oh, really, yeah. really, really bad. It, it almost, you, you almost wish that it just ended with like a fucking freeze frame on the, on after the fight. It definitely ends with a freeze it frame. It does end with a freeze frame. I hate freeze frames. Yeah. But there's I, one yeah, good I mean, one. Well, there's a couple. Butch Cassidy. Yeah, that's the one. Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Nah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's there's a couple that are like decent. But like I agree oh, more times than no, wait, not. Wait, it's uh Wild Bunch. Wild Bunch. There's I mean most of them are westerns, yeah, but like it's it, it it I I'm not a fan of it generally. Uh Plate the Bone gets so for the end, has eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Which feels fair. No, it doesn't. It's I don't, probably I don't, I don't know if I don't know if it's, it's eleven. Too, I mean there's eleven's low. There's definitely there's a a ton of problems with it for sure. Yeah. But there is there is an undeniable skill uh-huh. applied to this movie. So an eleven percent, I don't think is is warranted. I agree. I would also say that this movie was not what I expected this movie to be. And by that I mean I did not expect that we were going to be on a road trip for like an hour of yeah. this movie. So a road when trip, I assume we've all been on. That's Vegas. like the yeah. worst road trip. It's not there fun. is. Yeah, it's, not great. And, it's not great. But also like. We're going to drive to Vegas from Los Angeles and not hit traffic? Let's get realistic here. No like, traffic. Nothing. Like, yeah. there, I mean, yeah. You don't even need, I mean, they don't need to stop for waffles. Just yeah, go. They stop a lot. It's for gas. They do. They so. stop like, a lot. I guess her car gets like four miles to the gallon or whatever. <laughs> Sassy game. <coughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. So when it became apparent to me that they weren't Sassy getting to grass. Vegas anytime soon, yeah. I, I was like, you know what? Okay. Like I respect the fact that this is a movie that You'll ride is about. Them. I'll ride with literally, mm-hmm. uh, with a boxing movie that's kind of about talking about boxing, yeah. and then there'll be a fight. Yeah. Um, I just kind of feel like Ron Shelton has done this dialogue better. Like this oh, is this yeah. this feels like him not. Do you know what I mean? Like 
Grace feels like a little bit of a cut rate Susan Sarandon from Bull Durham. She's it, it is she was what absolutely drove me insane with this. Like I didn't realize this when I watched it as a twenty year old, but right. watching it now is like what an insane creation as a female character. Yeah. Like I'm this tough girl who works on cars and I'm sassy. I've got invention ideas. And then she, how much can we talk about the ending? Talk about the whole Good. thing. Then she gets slapped, it's backhanded awful. slapped. It's awful. And then she just like walks she away. Runs away. She's just like, I yeah. guess that was my, I guess, ben. I guess that's what I deserve for yeah. pitching ideas to this sexist, uh, you yeah. know. All right. She didn't, she didn't deserve to be slapped, but like. That idea was the worst idea I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's a bad idea. Oh, yeah, but the ideas are the ideas are bad, but too terrible. Like, and Robert Wydor just gets away with it. Yeah, Robert, just- I'm with you. That's awful. It's 100 percent awful. I want to talk a little bit more about her character because it it's I I didn't know she was married to Ron Shelton. Yeah. And there's something about Lolita Davidovich where I wrote in my my notes. I'm like Lolita Davidovich is his perfect woman. It's like every every female character I've seen like in a his composite movies. of all of his characters. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting in its own way, and he's in love with her. Yeah. Like he is. Uh, he's in the I have world. I have a, a theory on this one for this it. movie that he was hitting a rough patch with her. Because if you watch closely, Ron Shelton is doing a very weird, very gross, very awful thing with Asian women throughout the movie. One, the whole thing of like what Woody Harrelson says about Lucy yeah. Liu on the way, the creepiest, just oh. awful, fetish, horrible stuff. Yeah. And as you watch the movie, there are strange shots throughout of like no other race, but tarted up Asian women at ringside Interesting. all the way through, which I think was Ron Shelton going through some weird phase, weird period of his life where he had these women on set. They don't have any lines. They're just there as dressing. Mm. And I think he was going through a rough patch with Lee Davidovich. And I think he was. That's possible. I mean, he's a certainly, super creep. It's just, but it's, I don't even really understand the the character. I don't understand her motivations. I don't understand why she does what she does. I, I don't understand why she's cheering them both on. As she the, loves them both. It's just a I don't sense. either. I thought that the, I thought that was <laughs> weird. I thought it was clear going into it that she was rooting for Caesar. And I thought she was telling him that um yeah. that he was going to get his ass kicked mm-hmm. in order to do what she said. She's like he fights better confused. Yeah. I thought she that's to the camera essentially. Yeah, I thought she was Seriously. doing I thought the whole thing was she was trying to like get him in position yeah. to win the fight yeah. which she wasn't. I mean, it like I, I what, what disappoints me about this movie is I think there was a great idea here. Mm-hmm. It demystified boxing yes. in a way I'd never seen. You never see a boxing movie where the two people aren't adversaries, right? They're yeah. best friends. Uh-huh. But it's also a sport, ultimately. And they both know going into that sport, you can beat the shit out of each other and you can, you know, potentially kill the guy if you're going to go straight with it. So I thought that was very cool. I thought he pulled the curtain back a little bit too. Yeah. Some of the, some of the like, I, I don't know about, you know, all the mm-hmm. various things, the machinations of what goes on in terms of planning a fight and Tom Sizemore playing I think Tom Sizemore, as far as I can deduce, um, just always a scumbag. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just all the, the the colorful guys that all sort of populate this world, I thought he did a good job at that. It yeah. felt it felt believable to me for what that's worth. I do feel like the guy knows the sports that he is yeah. talking about in a way that whether or not – like I don't feel as though – it's like it's on the screen and it's in the script, but it's not actually being said. You just know that the guy that made this movie knows this world really well. That being said, the issues I took were more with sort of colorful dialogue for the sake of colorful dialogue. It's bad dialogue. You know, and there's just a lot of – Woody is not given – anything really good no. to do in this movie. Uh, Antonio's got a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say that, so, uh, Kenny and I were talking in the last film that we covered or two films ago, films ago, Detroit Rock City. 
about how flagrantly they use the word fag, unfortunately, in that film. They just use it constant. Um, and then it's brought up a lot in this movie. But it's sort of deconstructed yes. in an interesting way. It, it is not the worst part of this movie. It's it, not a good part of this movie. It's close to the worst part of this movie. It's I, I would I, what I'm trying to say is it seems or it's, it hits the ear a lot worse well, than it actually like is it, it than it actually is the well, way think, it's actually presented. And there's two parts to it. So I said to Phil, one thing stuck out with me from this movie when I was yeah. texting him. I remember mm-hmm. watching it at 20. When Woody Harrelson says the line, yeah. a man can build a thousand bridges yep. and suck just one cock, and he won't be remembered as a bridge builder, he'll be remembered as a cocksucker. Yeah. And I have to say, it stuck with me, as horrible as that is, he's not wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if, the, if a guy... He, he's wrong today. He's wrong today. No, but I'm just telling you right now, perception-wise. That's the thing. He's absolutely wrong in what he's saying. But let's just say Alex Rodriguez, right? Let's just say 700 home runs or whatever he had, all the home runs. It came out, he officially did it one time. Do you think the media is ever going to forget about that or anybody's ever going to forget about that for him? It's, it's a harsh reality on the sports side, but on the sports side, on the sports that, side, I think that's why and it's then an interesting I, I, this is where this, I, th- I think you're wrong. Okay. And this I, is, and, where, and, and my counter example is no one really thinks about that with Mike Piazza anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you never, like it's not even near the top of mind. <laughs> I guess Rodman. Anyways, but where, yeah, where, Rodman, you know, it's not even in the top. 10 things you think of. All right. But where I thought it got worse was <laughs> what they were doing with all the stuff about Bandera. This is what just killed me about, about sort of the, the way they were using the language and what they were really saying was Banderas is the fighter and he loses to a gay boxer. Mm-hmm. And then he decides he's going to go gay for a little while because the guy beat him. <laughs> and ultimately what that's saying though, what he was trying to say with the character was here's a guy who cares about so much about boxing that he would do the worst possible thing. Like he would do the most insane thing a man can do, which is to be gay for a little while. Like it was just so abhorrent. To that's me, not that, what it, that's not what it felt like. That's what it felt like to it me. Felt, he was, he was it, really trying to say that it, he was a guy who would do anything to get better at boxing. Even this awful, terrible thing. Is mine, and that's where I picked it up. I, I thought it was took, way more sensitive than that. I agree. I, didn't think it, I thought it was actually way surprisingly experimental. Yeah, it felt like that's a guy. I felt it felt like a guy who was just like I don't know. I mean, let's let's see what this is all like. I, I, like he I was so it a shook bit. by that moment. It was it was the biggest moment of his life that he had such an identity crisis. And frankly, he may have found himself. There's a reason at the. There's a reason in that fight he was he was imagining the referee naked. He may have actually found himself. Like, I don't think he was. That was a hundred. This is why I still stick on the offensive side. That was a hundred percent played for laughs along with the insane fake breasts on the woman that Woody Harrelson was seeing. But also you saw his reaction to when Woody, when they're outside the restaurant and he says, you sucked a cock and he just flips out. Banderas is like, I never sucked a dick. Cause he's obviously, yeah, he's a top in this one because yeah. it's just, it was to me that was like, yeah. that was making it clear that it wasn't sensitive, that it was still just that he'd done this thing to try and get better at boxing. This one yes. un- imaginable thing for a straight man to do i i I think that what you're saying has some uh, absolutely has some validity i do think that yeah i'm not not, not really happy with my position well here's what i'm gonna here's what i'm gonna (laughs) say like writing for this movie sensitivity but that is how i took it i i i'm sort of i guess the way that i'm looking at it is a little bit of it tried to do something like it was conscious of and i'm not making excuses for it i don't i don't think that it handles it as well as it could have. But the fact that it tried at all and that it tried to have a, a character in this universe try to do this thing, which is apparently the worst thing in the world, which well, I think is also, absurd. Well, and but, I hate but, the word that they use constantly. Also, but there's also the, the idea that it wasn't a, um, 
an unforgivable sin. Yeah. In the way that, like, I don't know if you've ever seen a show I worked on. It's called Entourage. Um, that was Kenny's way of saying he works on a little show called Entourage. I used to work on a little show called Entourage. We, Which handles this stuff really, really yeah, well. Yeah, much better. We did, <laughs> we did the thing in the first season where literally Vince, like, Billy Walsh puts it in a script that Vince sucks a dick. And Vince is like, I can't do it. I can't be that guy. And then at the end, Billy's like, I was just fucking with you. Yeah. That's handled significantly worse than this is handled. Oh, sure. This is but, absolutely. And that was five years later. Yeah. And that's, I think that's kind of where I'm coming from because I've seen, and I've literally, I wasn't on the show at that time. I would have, I would have thrown up my hands and walked out. Of course. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, I've, I've seen stuff more recently where it was an unforgivable sin, where it lo- does make you less of a man. And I don't really think that's what they were doing here. I think they were actually wrestling with this idea that, Fucking combat sports are homoerotic. Like, See, I, guess- I, I agree with the fact that he was he he was wrestling with something, and he wasn't uh, really sure how to articulate it, how to really explore it through these characters. So he gets a little gun shy, and he does things to sort of trying to round the edges off of it. Yeah, which unfortunately, See, to your I, point, I think I think takes- I think that's that's where I yeah. land to. I just I can't shake that it was all. That it was all done for laughs. It was a comedic swing on all of it. So the fact that it comes up in the fight, it's him again. Like, I've lost to this, you know, thinking again, I lost to this gay guy. Maybe it's, I need to tap into my inner gay self to win this fight. It all just, it all felt it was being, it all felt it was being played for laughs and it wasn't, it wasn't hitting. It just felt, I mean, just, I just can't get past that moment of him just freaking out, making sure that it was known that he didn't suck a dick. And I was just like, the, any nuance that was going to be there, you just eliminated. I, I, it's I also, you, it's I also contrived. I mean, big, more than anything, we're speaking about the nature of the fact that a lot of this movie just feels like people talking just to talk. And when it's, and when, I mean, listen, there are a lot of people that would say that about Tarantino's films sure. or a number of filmmakers, right? But when it's or imbued with other Ron Shelton or mm-hmm. other, yeah, exactly. But, Somehow, I mean, it's it's a hard needle to thread, and there are very few people that can do it. Where you can have a bunch of people sitting in a car, talking and driving for two hours, and it and make it yeah. entertaining. And he did it a couple times, and then he didn't do it on this one. Like he tried, but you know, I think part of it is that he just didn't really. Well, I don't feel like the, I don't think that he really understood the Woody character. Well, I, I just am not really was, sure that it was it, a very it was very lazy characterization, right? Yeah. Um, Christian, I'm a religious guy, is not character motivations it's it's not character building it's just a sheen you put on a guy just like i once sucked a dick or didn't suck a dick i once had my dick sucked um is he didn't really explore it in the way that you'd have to explore either one of these things to make them interesting i'm of the opinion that basically being a religious person is almost never an interesting character trait but it's been done so many times and it just it doesn't have the weight for me it's not profound for me it's it's it had nothing to do with my opinion on religion. It's just not a profound thing unless you make it profound, I guess. Like they didn't like spotlight. But um but yeah, so I think that it was very lazy characterization on all three of these main characters' behalves. So let's um I think I hate this movie now, guys. Sorry, buddy. Well listen, we'll we'll get to we'll it wasn't get to that, our, it wasn't that high. We'll get before, to the grade later. It's getting a lot lower. Um so I guess well I'd like let's I I'd like us to talk at a at a high altitude about the final fight for a mm-hmm. second, and then we'll go through the plot. Um, I don't. I respect, and I think we all kind of said this. I respect the fact that he decided that he was going to pit two guys that we we like against each other. Um, 
but I'm just not sure who we were supposed to be rooting for and what we were supposed to. And then it's a fucking draw. So you're just sort of like, I'm not really sure what was accomplished here. It was just two guys kick the shit out of each other. And then they got paid sort of, and maybe they, maybe they got a good contact and maybe they'll get to fight again. And I don't know. Like it's, well, there were a number of things to be accomplished by the draw. Obviously one is that it clearly eliminates the title shot. It right. was going to be there, right? right? So if one of them wins, one right. of them gets the title shot. And so right. there is, on a sports side, there is the, like, if the worst one wins and the other one gets a title shot and they're humiliated. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other reasons there. So that eliminates the yeah. title shot was one. The other one is, I mean, all, all of the stakes were on who's better, right? Like, they ask Lidovich, who's the better lover? Who's the better right. fighter? Like, it's all about better, better, better. And then so it sort of ending up back where they started, I think, I mean... I don't know. It's kind of unsatisfying. Well, it, absolutely. It would, it would only work if their friendship was ever in jeopardy and their friendship was never in jeopardy, which I liked about the movie. Mm -hmm. Right. But I assumed it was leading to a moment where one of them would be proved to be the better man. Yeah. Proven to be the better, better man in the context of the, of the sport. Yeah. And then they'd both have to reckon with that new reality and see if their friendship could withstand that. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I really, really hated the draw. I was also, I'd seen it and I kind of remembered. I was really hoping for, um, oh, what's the boxing movie with Gossett Jr. Digstown? I love that movie. Love that movie yeah. so much. Great twist greatest. at the end. It's yeah. fantastic. So I was desperately hoping. You got to see it. It's oh, so it's so good. It's a perfect it's fucking movie. Just an incredible. Con- was he fight ten guys? Ten guys one night. One night. It's just you got. It's so good. Okay. Oh, James. Oh, he won't be able to watch it. James Woods the star. Oh, oh shit. He is so fucking charming. It really is such a tragedy yeah. what's happened to him. But he is so, it's, he's so good. He's so he's fucking, so they're, good they're both amazing. amazing. Right, I'll, 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 and Bruce Stern. Oh. And it's just, it is one of, just not to put the pressure on, but it is one of the best endings in movie history. It's like, I love the endings it's just, so it much. Really, it okay. honestly is. It really All is. Right. Like, the, I believe you. The, 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 this, this. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give it away because everyone right. should watch it, but I just made a hand gesture. Yeah. So. Shit. But anyways, I was hoping like, like I just gave it away to you. You gotta see this fucking you movie because you're hoping in the movie that like Let's so we have it. the story about how Tom Sizemore screwed over Banderas' character because of the count and all that sort of stuff. So I'm hoping at the end the Banderas throws yeah. it to win money or something. You know what I mean? Something, yeah, a some way to, back to anything. Some way to screw him over again. It was basically like you screwed up my career and I gave you this really good fight and there we go. Like that was it. Like could, nothing, could you like, imagine no Shelton pitching this movie to the executive and at the executive be like, sorry, so who wins? And Shelton's like. Neither wins. Neither wins? He's like, I guess after those like three movies, you just have to be like, all right, Ron, whatever you want. But it must, have been such, it must have been such a letdown to everybody who was involved in the making of this movie. But like, that okay, they this gave is, this like, this, this tease and then nothing. But this is also another example. And we talked about this on, uh, on Detroit Rock City, but $24 million budget. That's a big budget for this movie. Mm-hmm. This, it's these mid-level it movies. Yeah. These mid-level it looked great. It looked great. Better like, than Shot at the fight. And it looked But fantastic. like it fucked the studio system. Like yeah. we're, 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 that's I, I, one of the biggest things I'm taking away from this podcast is movies that were sort of, that were budgeted between 20 and $60 million, maybe even higher, like 20 and $80 million yep. that just didn't perform you know, how, I guess you thought that Woody Harrelson would bring him in. I guess you thought maybe this would, I, Antonio Banderas, they meant something. Was if, this owed as part of a deal for Shelton? I, I Did he know, have a I, third or? I don't think if so. If this were a great movie, it would have made money like his other three big hits made money. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was very critic dependent. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So let's, I get, let's get into the plot of this movie. I feel like we might as well just dive yeah. in. Uh, it 
we talked about the strange choice for the opening and the music, but I think that it's worth talking about a little bit because it does open very Elmore Leonardy, mm-hmm. where you've got like a guy busts into a motel room and finds a guy who I guess we're assuming is a boxer, and we've learned is to be a boxer, you know, high off his ass with two hookers. Mm-hmm. Calls Robert Wagner and says, "Who's also in bed with two hookers?" Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. What a match cut! What, what a- <laughs> <laughs> That's Good filmmaking, stuff. baby. And Robert Wagner's like, and he tells Robert Wagner, who is a promoter. He's the hotel. He's, he owns the hotel, so basically, hotel it's his Sizemore's the promoter. And big this, year for this- uh, Wagner. Yeah, yeah, Austin Powers, Spy Shag Me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he asks. He basically, we realize that there's a fight that's supposed to happen at his hotel. Mm-hmm. Undercard. An undercard fight. And his this one guy who's in this hotel room is one of the fighters and is not going to be ready for the fight. And the other guy just died in a car accident, which happens shortly thereafter. Yes. And you realize that both of the machinations of this are what lead to Woody Harrelson and, and Antonio Banderas getting a chance at this at this match. Um, it's a cool way to open. Yeah. Like it, it's arresting. You definitely are like, okay, like yeah. I'm in. This is interesting. And fighters are fucking crazy. But it's a weird match to this maudlin opening of the credits where you've got like this like sad sack music over over Vegas at night. I don't really get it. Well, I mean, I would, I, that's I just, why I just never really – this movie didn't feel like a comedy to me. I, I, I don't think that it was, swings in it. And I don't it just, know, man. Like, it I feels like I, it's pretty comedic for at least two-thirds of it. Well – but but not comedic in a in a comedy kind of way. I know that sounds stupid, but all the comedy is incidental and, and dialogue based. Sure. Um, and I don't think that really. I think it was ultimately a pretty sad movie. Yeah. I think the, I think it was kind of intended to be kind of a sad movie about two losers who get a last shot and neither of them connect, I, neither I, of them connect on it. I mean, I agree with you, and maybe it played that way in script, but. It was executed in a yeah. way that was that was decidedly not that. Like the tone, but I'll also say too, like ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Aren't all of Ron Shelton's movies kind of sad? They're all about kind of losers. Like, they're all about, like, loser people in sports that are either, like, bad people like Ty Cobb, who was obviously a fucking yeah, monster. Yeah, that's, that's, that's such a weird but then, like, yeah. anom- but, anomaly. Like- sure, but like Crash Davis is he's, he's a washed up, you know, baseball player, or I don't know his character's name in Tin Cup, but again, like, Tin kind Cup. of a washed... Is that Roy, him? Roy yeah, McAvoy. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Mr. Cup. Yeah. Roy yeah. Tin Cup McAvoy. That's, okay. that's where the Tin Cup came from. Uh, so, I'm not even kidding. No, I believe you. But... Do you sort of see what I'm getting at? Like, yeah. it, it does feel part and parcel of sort of burnout 
guys that yeah. are part of us had a moment, had their shot, and it got away. That seems to be a recurring theme for this well, guy. Of course. I mean, they're all midlife crisis. That's also all going through a midlife crisis. That's also who Ron Shelton was. Ron yeah. Shelton was a minor league baseball player. Yeah. He's not, he didn't come on sports oh, randomly. I didn't know that. He, yeah, right he, I, he really, like, Bull Durham was based on his life, and he, oh, he really, that, like, okay. strongly feels this, like, I had my shot, if not only for dot dot so dot. every every movie is him well, replaying is, him having a shot but it's also i mean it is the one of the curse of the athlete right is that like you you would like to believe that it is only talent that's going to get in the way of your success it's like that's going to be a great leveler mm-hmm. but all the other stuff gets in the way your body fails you which was you know what i mean Behringer in major league you know what i mean with his yep. knees the catcher with the bad knees sure. or in this case he was an all-star once yeah in this case it was you know, it was the promoter who screwed him over, or yeah. it was the problem with the car accidents and the drug. You know what I mean? It's like things that got in the way of talent. Sure. You know what I mean? And there's like the idea that you can be an athlete at, well, I don't know what age they're supposed to be in this, but like, <laughs> but like 35. <laughs> they're probably supposed to be like 28. Yeah, but like 35 is 50. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's sure. like, yeah. oh, I'm 35 and it's it's done. Yeah, It's over. Like everyone else is kind of just getting started and it's over. I think he's, I think that he's very, very good at that. I wasn't yeah. suggesting that he's bad at it. I think that it is one of his strengths as a filmmaker and as a writer. I just think that this one kind of got away from him a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It definitely it, did. You know what I mean? It, it definitely feels like a guy who just sort of, sort of just felt, it, it, it kind of felt like he was just doing some reruns. To, so use, a, to use a sports metaphor, this guy lost his fastball. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, no, that's it, it couldn't feel more like that. He yeah. never regained it. Um, and you know it, it's it's a shame. It's I, a weird. It, it vibe. really, I mean, it really is reminiscent of seeing a fucking thirty-eight year old fucking shooting guard go out there. He's he's fifteen pounds overweight, can't move the way he used to be able to move. Can only play twelve minutes a game. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. It's watching Dwayne Wade. It's watching Dwayne Wade. Do it's exactly movie. watching Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Um, but it was heartbreaking on the sp- on the sp- what you want in a good sports movie, right? Is you really want to have. What are these, what are these characters going to overcome? You know what I mean? That's going to let their talent shine through. And I'm like, Woody Harrelson's overcoming substance abuse? Like, what, what's, what's, I don't even know. I didn't understand. What he's, and Antonio Banderas is overcoming getting screwed over, I guess, a little bit yeah. by not getting up fast enough. Like, it also didn't feel like Tom Sizemore screwed him all that no, much. No. He you didn't. You know what I mean? You want, it, it seems like the movie to me, obviously, is these two guys are best friends. They're put in the situation where they have to fight. Yeah. Is a friendship going to survive this fight? Yeah. And that's not what the movie was. But that's, that's... There's also just no catharsis in this movie. Like, that's the other thing that yeah. I was just sort of like... I mean, say what you will about his other movies, even like the end of Tin Cup, for instance, where it's just like him continually hitting Small that shot. fucking it's, cathartic it, end of a movie, period. Right. I'm with you. Yes. Or or even uh, Bull Durham as well. I mean, he gets the girl, and I guess on some level, I mean, he's happy. Well, and she's happy. Yeah. But. You know, all three of these movies, yeah. they're, they're not what you'd expect. Yeah. But they're what you need, yeah. right? They he they, he lose and white men can't jump. They lose all the money. He goes back to the hotel room. He, he takes her Jeopardy money to go play the king and duck, which is exactly what he needs, right? Mm-hmm. Or what the Woody and Wesley mm-hmm. both need. They need to work together to beat that last guy. It's not what you expect, yeah. but it's what you need. And they just didn't really. I I think he made it. He may have been trying to do the same thing yeah. here. It's not what you expect, but yeah. it's what they need. But it was a weird way to end this movie. All the other three movies also have um, – it feels it, – it honestly feels like a weird rushed ending, like that it wasn't even I, – I, honestly, I think that everything that happens after the fight is just – Yeah. Is well, it's weird that, it's weird that Lita Davidovich chooses both. And well, I'm not saying definitely. she should choose one, but the movie should have kind of chosen uh-huh. one yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. It's this weird like – 
threesome vibe at the end. Yeah. That, and 90210, just on the run on that with Brandon and Dylan. Sure, sure. Right, of you course. know what I mean? And, and she chose herself. So well. yeah. She chose herself. Yeah. It was like, you yeah. can't top it. Yeah. But I guess the weird thing about it was, even in the buildup, I don't know, but you, you felt no... I didn't feel like she was ever going to choose one of them. I felt like she was done with both of them. That's you know what I mean? And so it's like, because yeah. like, Caesar ho- loves her. Yeah. And so you're kind of hoping this fight yeah. is going to be for her. Uh-huh. And it's not. You know what I mean? It's about them working out their weird sexual frustrations and seeing the. Yeah. But like, but what is the fight? I mean, that's the other thing too. Like, what is the. I guess the fight is their own professionalism, right? Like, they're just like, I, I'm desperate to have my one shot, which is just so narcissistic and doesn't make me like them. Um, but it's well, it's a redemption, right? That, that doesn't because, really bother. Sure, the, sure it's a sure, redemption sure. as a fighter. It is like if yeah. you get the title shot, it means all the stuff that's happened in the past, all the things that went wrong, right. don't matter anymore. I get to redeem myself and take right. my chance. And I like the idea that their 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 roads were through each other. Mm-hmm. Like I believe that can two middleweights even be friends? Yeah, right? no, I like that. I like I like their I like like at the Klitschko's this had odd to fight. codependence they have on each other. I think is interesting. There. This is a weird. Though I never believed their friendship, but there's a weird tangent to this that I was thinking about through the movie about them. So it's two guys in a car on their way to Vegas to fight, and I don't know how much you guys like wrestling. Uh, a lot. There is a great moment in the history of wrestling. I don't know anything about wrestling. When, but this is spectacular. Okay. So a great moment Anyone in the late. In the it's late, actually it, hysterical how often I bring up wrestling oh, on this podcast. This is one of the best moments I've ever had. Then you'll know exactly. <laughs> Go right ahead, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a great moment in the late '80s. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik are rivals. They hate each other, and they get pulled over in a car with cocaine. Oh, I do together, know the story, right? Yeah. So there's just this amazing thing of a friendship of two guys who have to fight. Yeah, you know I, mean? I was just like, and they get in trouble for it, and they get in trouble for it. But it also unraveled all of wrestling because people yeah. are like, why is Hacksaw? And Iron Sheik in the same car. This is back uh, when they used to keep the, so the myth. The, the myth, myth was yes, like, but I so I just, I love, I love a world where these two guys and they, these guys would go out and they would fight. And like, obviously, you know, wrestling is choreographed, but you're still physically sure. engaging and then fighting with this person. Sure. But wrestling was, I don't know. I just like, I kept thinking about that moment with them in that car. You want to talk more about wrestling? I, oh. <laughs> you want to come on for a beyond the mat? Oh man. Beyond the mat. That's, I was just a quick sidebar on all of this. Yeah. We're talking 99. I was at McGill. 97 was my first year at McGill. Fall 97, Montreal. The screw job. bells at people were coming back into my dorm, flipping out over what had just happened. It's so funny. Phil gave me a look like, I can't believe you know that. No, that, that's like literally, literally like Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's as big. <laughs> yeah. Hawaii. It's, <laughs> you know yeah. It's like, just, it's, it's like, yeah. If he's like Hawaii in 1941, Pearl Harbor, you were there. Yeah. So yeah, it was a big deal. And oh, like, I people coming back to my doors, they had signs that they brought with I them. I wish because Beyond the Mat's a really bad movie. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's just not a great movie I for wrestling fans. I don't believe it. I believe Brett was in on it. So. It's, well, I want to watch Hitman. I, wrestling with Shadows. You've seen that? Yeah, I believe he was in. That's the movie. Oh, that I, I want to do. I mix them up. Sorry, Beyond the Mat's the the other one. With the, you're they're thinking Hitman Hard Wrestling yeah, yeah. with Shadows, which is one of the great movies yeah. of all time. Beyond the Mat is not a movie I'm looking forward to. Dissecting. That's the one with Mick Foley, right? And Jake the Snake. And oh, the real Jake the Snake one, man. It's dark. Oh, it's dark. It's dark. I don't even want to do it. It's going to be so sad for me. It's a heartbreaker, man. <laughs> I have a. I f- literally, you guys might as well be speaking in another language. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> It's just like, okay. I'm just amazed that you missed this growing up because wrestling's disproportionately popular in Canada. It's massive in Canada, right. like in Toronto and Montreal and Calgary. It's just like, and my understanding it's out of control. Is that I mean, we were we were of the generation for WrestleMania six. My understanding is not dome. that uh, Hulk Hogan. No, What's not the, the way the it dome? is here. Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior fought at the Sky Dome, the Sky dome. to unify the heavyweight and the Intercontinental title Yo, for the first time in history. Which, which
which legit mirrors this movie because they were both good guys. Yeah, both. both First time there were ever two good guys, Uh and you didn't know who was going to win. Yeah, and Vince McMahon committed in a way that this movie doesn't. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Vince McMahon picked the guy. He did. The Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior. Oh, really? And just so you know, like just from from that moment as it moves forward, this is so much fun. As as it moves forward, Hulk obviously goes through his own. He brings down Gawker. He has the sex tape. Like, yeah, he leaves for WCW. All this other stuff happens, but it's kind of wrong. Ultimate Warrior goes on a whole different path. Ultimate Warrior, who legally changed his name to Warrior, by the way, that's true, becomes a conservative motivational speaker. And a gay basher. And he starts going to colleges and he's like insulting, like he's insulting uh, Islamic students. He's insulting every minority in there. And he just goes absolutely right wing insane. And Uh then he dies. I mean, he's a wrestler. He dies. Like this is like their big thing that they do. He just took a crazy other direction. He named his daughter Indiana Warrior. Like he took Warrior as the last one. Yeah, his wife is Dana Warrior. Yeah, it just went like. But he the way, but the way he died, you're you're up on that, right? Oh, I forgot already. He got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he gave a big speech at Monday Night Raw about how, like, a, a life redeeming speech, and he died the next day. Wow. All right, back to play by the bone. One, t- oh, sorry, I got one more play thing. to the bone. Yeah, nothing yeah. better than a WWF in- induction speech. It is incredible to watch wrestlers in tuxedos. I don't know why it's the funniest thing it's in the amazing. world to me. They are just crammed into these little seats. except for Virgil, who always wore a tuxedo. Yeah, exactly. But he didn't wear sleeves. <laughs> But he didn't wear sleeves. Looks like a fucking banker. It's like, all these dudes, exactly. It all comes full circle. These dudes don't want to be wearing sleeves. You can tell they're yeah, so annoyed by being uncovered yeah, by these sleeves. It's a great thing to watch. Just look for the audience reactions at a wrestling and, and look for home. mine and Christian's wrestling podcast <laughs> coming at you soon. <laughs> anyway, sorry for the uh, tangent. No, no, More please. hot takes. Listen, like this. there's not really that much. This movie we haven't already covered, but basically, long story short, they get they get called at their gym. Mm-hmm. And by they, I mean Vincent Caesar. Jim, Jim from Ray Donovan, if anyone is a fan of the Showtime series. I don't know. I don't know. The same gym. Uh, the same gym? Because mm-hmm. Show- like, the gym's upstairs, so there's this like... Any oh, any any, any, any okay. DP any DP can't resist, you know what I mean, a shot like leading up the stairs into a gym. So yeah. they both do it, because you can't. It's interesting that we've <laughs> hit uh, James Woods and John Voight now. Yeah. That's true. And James hit, Woods again. James Woods again. All we got to do is hit Roseanne Barr. Oh Jesus! Tim Allen, we got <laughs> yeah. We got the someone, for someone, assholes. someone on Twitter today was like, "Oh, I'm sure that she'll just end up on Last Man Standing." It's like, yeah. mm. it's not, do you think Fox yeah. will pick it up anymore? I don't think so. I think yeah, it's, I, don't, I think people are going to work with her. I think it's over. And I think ABC probably owns a big piece of that. The Fox have to pay a huge fee to get it. And by the time this airs uh, in October, yeah. we'll know. Plus, it's it's. Owned by ABC Disney. Studios, yeah. so there's no yeah. there's no world where she'll be Fox. a she'll be a senator by then oh. probably yeah, yeah no yeah, doubt from she'll Texas. be a congressman yeah. she'll be secretary of commerce yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Domino played by Tom Sizemore uh-huh. calls them up offers them uh, a fight but they have to be in Vegas at six o'clock um, Vince and Caesar negotiate that in their contract the winner must get a middleweight shot as we discussed they try to negotiate a bunch of other shit but like Tom Sizemore is just like screaming and spitting all over the speakerphone like a fucking lunatic mm-hmm. he's uh, not my favorite part of this movie no I wasn't suggesting he should just be just saying he's not uh, yeah a real quick moment on this one so I, I I guess I'm realizing this how much I love boxing movies <laughs> Five years before this movie. Best boxing movie. Well, hang on. I was going to say, was it five years? It was 94 or 96. The Great White Hype came out. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It's my go-to. I love this movie so much. This is how you do a boxing comedy. It's just like 
Pitch Perfect is a boxing comedy. But what they did, what was great, was like for Sam Jackson as the promoter, who's obviously based on Don, Don King. King yeah. What makes him interesting, his character's not just angry. He's just beautifully, he's like, just, he's slick, actually like happy, slick, and happy movie. and deviant. And that's what I love is like a boxing promoter that pulls, yeah. like, like Bob Arum isn't a guy who screams into the phone yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, I wish he'd pulled a little bit more from sort of like, what boxing promoters are known for is like smiling at you and lying to you, others picking your pocket. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you don't get that from, from I, John I Domino. I love Great White Hot. Oh, it's so good. I, uh, there's so many moments from that. Um, Jamie Foxx is great in it. Jamie Foxx is great. He's yeah. Great. The, and Peter Berg is great in it. I saw Peter Berg at Crustacean when I was 15 years old, went up to him and told him how much I loved. It was like the only thing he had done at the time, that in Chicago Hope, yeah. how much I loved him in that movie. Irish Terry Irish Conklin. Terry I saw, I, I've seen that movie so many fucking times. I remember at that point in my life, I'd only seen three movies in the theater twice. Terminator 2, Pulp Fiction, and Great, Great White Hype. That was it. Because I loved it. How do you so feel about much. Blank Man? Blank Man's good. I, yeah, I love Blank I Man. I love Blank Man. I don't, you know, but to me it was, I love it. Blank Man is my favorite bad movie Great White Hype is my second favorite bad movie. No offense. I don't think it's bad. It's a pretty bad movie. I think it's great. And then it, it's yesterday, enjoyable. it's so enjoyable and fun. Oh, it's so good. These came up yesterday at work, ran or not yesterday, last week at work randomly, and some guy brought up Digstown as a great bad movie. I'm like, yo, that's a good it's movie. It's a good good movie, asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite boxing movie? I mean, so you're going back. I mean, like the Rockies, right? Like, here's the thing is, as a kid, Rocky Four, I love the most because sure. obviously being Canadian, anti-Russian. So we were unified on this yeah, one from, yeah. you know, the Summit Series and the Canada Cup and things yeah. like that. And then re- rewatching Rocky Four, I'm like, oh, there's not a plot at all yeah. to this yeah. movie. Rocky goes to Russia. Rocky trains for Rocky half wins. an hour. That's the whole movie. There's wait, wait, wait. There is nothing else happening. Also, there's nothing back home. Also, Apollo dies. Yeah. Which I literally had to turn off after he got knocked out. I went up to talk to my dad. I'm like, Dad, does Apollo die? He said, Yes. I started to cry. It's. I loved tough. Apollo. Um, I mean, the thing is, I mean, listen, we could we could talk for hours just about the Rocky movies, but like the first one is a legitimately great film. It's like, fantastic. It's, just, it's it is just a great movie. And then the next three are legitimately great boxing films and there's a big difference yeah, yeah. rocky but the first rocky is, is a character piece yeah mm-hmm. it then becomes just about the sort of the bombastic qualities of boxing and the various things that come into it and all that and then the movies kind of turn into just very strange it goes in a whole bunch of alleyways although i think creed is a great fucking movie creed, yeah creed has some big problems i mean come on like you're an investment banker fighting in mexico is just like insane it's insane <laughs> that he drives that <laughs> like to, to box yeah you're right like, but it's not like in the city of los angeles you have a lack of opportunities to fight like there's yeah. tons of boxing gym that was just so insane the, to me but michael b jordan's so fucking good he's great Thompson's absolutely great. the vibe that, that the kugler act- creates is it's there's all great. just boxing yeah. moments that are insane to me that's yeah. all yeah and so i loved and i mean man the boxer is so good about Mickey Ward, the Lewis boxer, yeah. yeah. But the the um, what are your or the fighter, the, the fighter. Oh, okay. Sorry, the, the fighters. Okay. One thing too, I loved so much. And did you watch the uh, real, the original documentary on Mickey Ward and his brother? No, no. Oh my god, it's like you see Bale playing, were, and it's incredible. Those fights um, were Gotti? the fight, the Ward Gotti fights, were the fights I was thinking of when I watched this oh. movie because they were friends. They were friends, and they were brutal. They were unbelievable. They were brutal. I mean, the, the thing about this movie's fight that was so unbelievable never would have happened in real life. So many times they got knocked down. Oh, that oh was insane. like you. Ne- that just never would happen. But um, but aside from just, that, like the, the brutality is, of the it, like, rang kind of true to me. Ridiculous. The fight's uh, ridiculous. Yo, the so fighter's not really one of my favorite movies. I I, I swear think, to God, I think Digstown is my favorite boxing. That's movie. a legit call. It's great. I think I just love the fighter because I loved. 
the Mickey Ward story. And having seen the documentary before yeah. the movie, I felt kind of invested yeah. in what I was watching. I mean, I feel like Raging Bull is probably up there. I mean, Raging Bull is beyond a boxing movie. I mean, it is. Raging Bull is an amazing movie. But I don't love. I, look, I'm not going to watch it again. I'm, right. I'm not going to watch it to just sit down and just like. I actually really didn't enjoy. mind Michael Mann's Ali. It's got some interesting yeah. stuff in it. I like Ali. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of feels different because it's a biopic. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's like was, such. It's a, not it's, really a boxing movie. It's such a biopic in a way that really, Raging yeah. Bull really isn't. Yeah, Raging yeah. Bull is like a slice of life, and then you got the end. So after their negotiations with Joe Domino, there's a nice moment where they realize they have to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Like it actually sinks in that these guys just have to fight, which is it. Arguably one of my favorite moments in the movie. There's not a lot of them, but that that one stuck with me. Uh, they go on a then they go on a road trip. Grace basically breaks up with Caesar on the way to Vegas because she thinks that that's a good idea at that time. It's better. Confused. I guess I don't know. Um, and then Grace asks what happens at the garden. What Caesar's story at the garden is, and basically it's kind of weird. She didn't know. Yeah, I know. He gets knocked down. This was the weirdest. Like I'm just confused. It was it was a super confusing thing. Yeah. But so. It, this, as far as I understand, please correct me if I'm wrong on this. I'm trying to understand. So he gets knocked down early, right? So he, you know, his boxer gives him the tips. He's fighting this guy, yeah. this gay guy, obviously. <laughs> we find out later. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, watch out for all of this. And he's like, doing great. He's like, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. And then there's the thing he's warned about and he doesn't listen. Doesn't duck. Bam. Yeah. And he gets hit and he go- goes down. And so the theory was, I think, is that what will happen sometimes to boxers, you get 10, right? You get a count to 10 before you have to get mm-hmm. up. So whether you get up at 2 or whether you get up at 9 or 9.5, it doesn't matter. So you can take an extra 7 seconds to just get it together. Yeah. So he, the Sizemore thought – so what happened was he went down. Sizemore thought he could have got up, but he was trying to game the clock to get a few more seconds to get his head back together, uh-huh. and then it ran out. But that's not true. Or at least that's what Antonio Banderas yeah, said. Yeah, that he was actually knocked out. That he actually knocked yeah. out. Yeah. And Which, he thought that he had more time. It seems as though he, yeah, he was thought, so sort of discombobulated that he hit the He got was, knocked out. He got knocked and out. And I don't think Sizemore thought he could have gotten up. I think Sizemore thought he took a dive. Yeah. I think he says it. I think he says he took a dive and... But he talks... But Banderas talks a lot about the count. You know what I mean? Yeah. He thought I was gaming the count. Well, I think he's like... Banderas is like, he could have happened to anyone, mm-hmm. right? Like, he was the favorite boxer going into that, and he said, it could have happened to anyone. I just got hit by... You know, I, I, I took a shot, and I went down. Um, there also is, like, this weird history. It's not weird. There's a history of, of gay fighters. You know, there's a famous story about the fighter... The gay fighter who was um, taunted, and then he beat the other guy to death Ooh. i'll find that story i don't know that one but it was but the other thing about that too is like for pantera's feeling like he got screwed over by the promoter it was also like dude you got knocked out on your way up you know what i mean to like you still yeah. want to be like yeah. lost a fight to a lesser contender like that's probably more why your career went down than like a <laughs> bitter tom sizemore like yeah you weren't gonna beat this guy like the guy knocked you out in the first round i do love how real they are with each other mm-hmm about like how good or bad they are at at this yeah which i think is which i I mean even i mean i like at the end of the fight i'm not sure who says it to whom but they're like you're actually a pretty good fighter yeah yeah well, they both said yeah yeah which the, i, I the mean the fighter's name was emil griffith and he wound up killing this uh boxer named benny the kid Pere, um who had taunted him about being homosexual so it's like a thing it's you know it's kind of a thing that's gone on um so we're on this drive. I mean, at this point, I'm like 30 minutes in and nothing's happened, but they're talking. And then this whole gay thing comes up. Uh, then they pull over to eat. And Vince sees Jesus outside the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And the movie goes off the rails. I mean, the hallucinations are really bad in this movie. That, to me, was another comedy side on it, right? Like, that was another 
sign that they were really taking a swing for a comedy with this. But like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I didn't because they think don't have any. They have nothing comedic. to give So they're giving him the religious thing. I really didn't like Woody's character. I really didn't like Woody's portrayal. I thought that well, Woody's I, in general, general not good I love in this him. movie. In general, I love him. In this movie, I kind of hated him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's better in Ed TV. I mean, other 90, uh, 1999 movie. The guy is in every fucking movie. I can't get over how small their sunglasses are. It's just not okay. Was that the moment? Well, I just oh, they're both wearing tiny sunglasses, and I can't, I can't handle it. Yeah, I, I don't. Those I, little John sunglasses. Yeah, they're just they're not right. Um, there's also something weird, and this is a super technical, stupid thing, and uh, whatever. They put the roof up because clearly they had to shoot a portion with terrible green screen. Yeah. So rather than doing that, um, with the roof down, they put the roof up to then put the roof down. Yeah. Later. But you love that. It's like, we're getting too much sun. We better pull over. We should pull over. Uh, we'll put this, put this roof up. The, the, and, and the bummer of it is that it's for Antonio's big scene where he has to like really talk about this shit that happened at the garden. Yeah. And all I'm thinking is that looks terrible. You're in front of a terrible green screen right now, yeah. which is a bummer. Anyway, that happened. Uh, then uh, a very oversexed Lucy Liu shows up to pay their bill and to get a lift to Vegas. Lucy Liu in this movie, I don't, she's, this is not her fault. I actually feel bad for her. I felt so bad. Like, it's not her fault, but she is awful. Or the character is awful. Sure. She's fine at portraying this awful person. She's bad at portraying it, but it's uh-huh. an impossible spot. Yeah. And then, I, I hope I hope she didn't have to be there on the day for shooting when Woody Harrelson talks about how much he likes Asian women. Uh-huh. In the back, when he talks about the pubic hair, and I'm yeah. just like, yeah. "Oh my god, That's, what are we? What are we? What are we doing? doing? What Pe- are we doing here?" All right, so I'm not really defending it. I'm just saying that is how people used to talk, and not even that long ago. And it was like it used to just be. It was. I mean, it just was a thing. Like I think I. I don't think at the in the moment anyone's like, guys, lay off on this a little bit. I think this is just. They thought this was just it, colorful dialogue. But at part of it, yes, I agree with you. Um Part of it is that Woody's not selling it because what I get the impression that Woody doesn't like this dialogue necessarily or this care. I mean, it's very hard to say because he's not, he doesn't feel generally speaking. I love Woody Harrelson. I think he's great. I think he's always pretty much fully committed. Yeah. I mean, saw Han Solo this weekend. He's committed for good or for bad. He's committed. This feels like someone who's like, I don't know if I can ride for this character, but I'm going to say these lines. Not that he has to have this in order to hate this, but he has a real life Asian wife. Sure. sure. He pro- probably hit a little close to home. But. Maybe. I mean, so they pull over. Vince and Leah have sex. Lucy Liu's character. It's a very strange sex scene. It's, it's awful. Very comedic. And then there's a scene that I... Comedic, but not funny. Well, so Vince starts fingering Leah. Well, no. First while they... talking first, about friends from his first Actually, out. that is funny. I, first they have sex. That's what I had my great line to you. <laughs> what? That's what I had my great line to you. Which was... Um, Fingering girls in Jewish geography. It's, I've never, I've never fingered a oh, girl. Oh, now I get what you're talking. I had no yeah, idea I, what the fuck oh, you were I talking said I've about. I've never fingered a girl while also playing Jewish geography, which is weird because that's all we did at summer camp. <laughs> oh. See, now it's great. Yes, at the time you. I had not thank seen you. the movie and I didn't really get it. Oh. And I was like, what the fuck oh, is you Kenny just talking it was being about? Weird. Yeah. Oh no, I would never make that joke. That's what I was like. I don't know what's happening here. No. I, I mean, so but I'm just gonna move past this. But the sex scene also. Maybe I don't understand 
how they're dealing yeah, well, with sex. That. So he's sort of having sex with her, and he's like, "I got to save some for the fight," yeah. and he just pulls out. And yeah. I'm like, "So, so what? Why? What did you do? Like, what was what the it, point? Yeah, did you? He's fueled by semen. So, but does he like all great boxers? All great boxers fueled by semen. But does it's like he he kind of starts and then stops before then stops. he finishes, yeah. and then finishes her like. And then he's like, I'm "That's not f- going to help you win a boxing match." Like. And it was just, it was very, strange, very strange, especially when he made the commitment of like, yeah. I want to have sex with her. I don't care yeah. about it before fights. And then he does, it, it was, it, it's also just, it's a, it's a goofy sex scene of them like fucking on tires in various positions. Yeah. It's just dumb. Like uh, kind of out in the open. Yeah. yeah. Definitely out in the open. Uh, then Grace and Leah get in a fight. That Grace, was, by the way, snaps on her for kind of nothing. That totally agree. Thing. People go from zero to a hundred so quick in this movie. It's Tom so Sizemore, <laughs> like, there's that moment when Antonio Banderas is like, for the contract, he's like, "What is all this?" Just on the fucking contract, just like immediately blows up. Yeah. And then Lolita Davidovich, like, yeah. just like a not a human being when they're going to the bathroom. Yeah. Lucy just following her, yeah. and then it's like, "I don't like you." But I like it. And it's just like they just, they just turn on a fucking dime. Well, that was the one actors. moment I remember from the trailer. When Olita Davidovich punches her, uh-huh. which I think was a trailer moment. I think yeah. it was literally in there. Sure. Like, I don't know. But it's, so she, she, so she clocks Leah, who goes to the ground and then gets back up and then gets Lil- in a truck, gets in a truck with some guy and starts screaming about how small Woody Harrelson's dick is or something like that. Like, it's just, it's all just really lazy. It's all just oh. stuff that you just be like, Ugh. I mean, this is all placeholder-y shit. There'll be something funnier here, yeah. but I'm going to put this in here. But they also, and then he just doesn't fucking fix it. And then also, a little bit before this, so, <laughs> Antonio Banderas, obviously is of a Latin persuasion. Tony Flags. Obviously of a Latin persuasion. Tony Flags. So when he gets, when he gets upset, what do you think he does? Yeah. Talks to himself in Spanish. Spanish. That's true, <laughs> like, that's true. Yeah, for like, and, a long, a long, a really time. long time, and and it's like you can't tell me that was then because that is straight up Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> shit. Right? Like Ron Shelton had a solid. No, I feel you. I feel you. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Like, he, he's just like he also he also dressed yeah. like Rudolph Valentino. Oh my god! Like yeah, this tight shirt, this high waisted pants. Way, it was just like an old timey tough guy. Yeah, old timey tough guy. He had the little the little pork pie hat. I know. Just like, it's funny. Also, like Antonio uh, Banderas in real life is Spanish. <laughs> and they had him be Spanish, which has like no tradition of in great boxers. boxers. No. <laughs> Whereas like every Latin American country has a you tradition of great. Yeah. I get that like Spanish people are not Hispanic, and but like come on, just have him be from anywhere else yeah. in the Latin American world. Moving on, moving on. Uh, we're basically at the fight now. Uh, we've got girls screaming well, for Rod Stewart. I was just going to say, you miss Lucy Liu's last appearance when she walks with Rod, on the Stewart. Arm of Rod Stewart. And, and women are just like, Aah! like yeah. no one gave a shit about it. 1999, Rod Stewart's not Rod, Rod Stewart Shelton anymore. Rod calls in every favor. Oh my God, he has. every favor. They're Everyone. Like, it's a, a cavalcade of Kevin Costner, Kevin James Costner. Woods, Tony Curtis. Well, because he was, I mean, I think a bunch, I guess I'm also wondering, like, did they shoot anything at the actual Tyson at an actual Tyson fight? I guess probably. So they were probably able to grab a few celebs pretty Right, easily. they just were like sign a waiver yeah. and let me put you in my movie. I mean Kevin Costner's in it because like obviously they've it's been shot, in a couple yeah. movies but But it was also it was also 99 when Tyson was post rape um post Evander Holyfield mm-hmm. like Tyson was like this this was like Savarisi Tyson. Yeah, this is like bad exhibition like can't even get a fucking waiver in Nevada has to fight the fucking Francois Botha. In the fucking, the at the buffalo. pyramid oh, in yeah. Memphis. <laughs> I mean, like, this is like dark Tyson. It shouldn't have even been him. It just, it just reeks of like, this is the only guy we could get. He's great in yeah. the hangover though. Yeah. He is great in the hangover. But I this mean, he's America's era. sweetheart. 
But it was an era of like illegal cable boxes and not feeling bad about stealing these fights because they were so bad. Bad fights. You were just like. Yeah, Peter McNeely, bad fights. Oh, McNeely. Oh, I remember the build up. Five seconds. Yep. So we're at the fight. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I like how in the beginning. And this speaks to your earlier point about how like no one cares about the the undercard. That no one cares about this fight, which, is, which is actually great. With no one's in the fucking audience. It's right. great. Yeah, it's really quiet. Yeah, I like that. And then the fight becomes some sort of strange. I don't know what. And uh, you know, a, a, well, that seems like it's going to be to the death, basically. But that's that's more people that's, get excited. That's Ward Gotti, right? When, when sure. Mickey Ward and Gotti fought the first time, it wasn't this huge excitement. It was going to be, and then as the fight went on, they're just like. If you see the documentary about this, you just watch that energy build, and it kind of is supposed to mirror which, that. Which I think it does a pretty good job yeah. at. What, what it fails at is the music in this fucking fight with this drum and bass oh, shit, yeah. where I'm like, what the... And, and, and dissolves, and just like showing apparently just an enormous passage of time, when I know that these fights aren't that long. Like the actual physical fight itself. I mean, how long... Do they, what's the longest 12, fight? 12 three-minute rounds. 12 three-minute rounds. Okay, so it's an, uh, With breaks, it's an about hour. an hour. Okay, fine. That, which is, that's a sizable amount of time, I'm sure, if you're getting your face punched in. I'm not suggesting it's not a long time. But he makes it seem like we've been in this ring for months, by the way that the <laughs> amount of dissolves. I know. Because like, it was like, like he, used the, he had fuck? the tent set up in there, and they were getting their meals brought in. It was just like, oh, I get I mean, it. And, and also, I, mean, their mail. I know you're joking, but like the hallucinations <laughs> also pad this thing. So yep. you're just yeah. like, how long are am I in this? But I really, truly did love the fight. I did. I thought it was a great fight. I love the brutality of it. I love that they were friends beating the shit out of each other. I believed it. The moment they go down um, so many times. That they was do. so stupid. It was stupid. It's just like, you know, it, it was just to add bullshit TKO stakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like, don't do that. Like, well, it's okay. Boxing, it's look, okay in the first round. In the first round, I get it. But later, it's but like, later, it's at some no point you got to call. Going to end in a TKO. It's no. like it's not it does gonna, kind of call back to any? Cup a little bit though. Has, I can't imagine a boxing movie ending with a TKO. A TKO. You, you lose all of the like the t- like all of the no. stakes of the <laughs> the countdown. Like yeah, yeah. A TKO. That's like a baseball movie no. ending in a walk off walk. Not you know what I mean? It's like ball four. Game over. I we won the championship. That's how. That's what happened in uh, Homer at the Bat. Oh, it was yeah, brilliant. Oh yeah, we got beaned. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, it was, did it beautifully. It, yes, it was amazing. Home run at the bat. No, oh. Homer at the bat. Homer. Oh, that was yeah. such a good one. Uh, You're right, but he was beaned. It wasn't a walk. Yeah. So the, at least a bean has some. Yeah. You did it something. Was beaned, some and beans. technically, if he didn't touch first, they didn't win the game. Yeah. I mean, that's just being. I don't want to be. A, I will say that about the fight like, going on forever did make me think about Tin Cup and him taking the shot over and over and over again. It just doesn't have the same sort of. Catharsis. It should have ended. Not in a double, not in a draw. Yeah. It should have ended in a double knockout. That's the dumbest thing in any movie ever. <laughs> double only, knockout. Only time double I'll accept. TKO. I'll only ever accept a double knockout in Street Fighter Two. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is garbage. Should, if you're gonna do the draw, I would have rather had the double knockout. Which Rocky had the double knockout? This? Well, they didn't. Two. He yeah. got up. Yeah, that he was got up at like so nine. <laughs> like, I know. That's it was, not it was how so bad. Yeah, that uh, was awful. But one thing I loved Third about one the fight, is Mr. T. Yeah, Clubber Lane. Yep. The one thing I loved, the one thing I loved about the name. fight, though, I love the corrupt and doctor. Lips. The corrupt doctor when he's like, "How many fingers am I holding up?" And he taps his leg yeah. three times. Yeah, and that was a beautiful little nice. moment. I he's also like, else, he's also though. like, "I'll give him one more round in the eighth round," and yeah. then he's like, he, he just goes out there for two more rounds. We don't even think about it. But I just love that. I, I love well, the also the corrupt lawyer. I love like, that dude. The corrupt a, lawyer was great. There was a lot of shit like that. It felt boxing. It felt like a boxing. That's what I mean. Like. 
if if nothing else, what I liked about this movie was spending time in it. Just not this much time. This movie should have been ninety minutes. I don't know why it was over. Just made hours. a point that it took. It would only taken thirty more minutes to actually get to Vegas. <laughs> like from this from this movie's yeah. road I mean, trip, which is like a good point. Like it's just it's it's just got too much fat on it. Like it's just it, if if this had been a tighter movie, I probably well, might not have as much issue with it. It would have had less fat if like again. So you you're using the road trip out there obviously to get the backstories on these guys, sure. figure who the characters are. Sure. If there was something they were going to overcome, so yeah. when you end up watching it, you're like, oh, yep, you're like a. And then it's status fucking quo. It doesn't. It, nothing changes. No one learns anything. No one changes. It's just it's just a fucking loop. Also. I love gambling, right? I want to make this, sure. before I make this point, I love gambling. Me Everything too. about it. Love you gambling. It, I love it. Sure. So they're going to put some gambling in it where he has a system, which is chasing your losses, which is like basic gambling, where it's like you lose yeah, your sure. Chain up. betting. Here's what happens. They go to the roulette table with 24 grand each. Oh. And they lose 10 and we pick it up on the other side. Yeah. Like, what? what? No, 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 no. Win it all or lose it all. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this is not, this is how you, this is how they chain bet. Because they're morons. They bet a thousand, <laughs> yep. lose. Two thousand, lose. You down three thousand. You don't bet three thousand. You don't bet three thousand at know. that point. You're out three thousand. Yeah. You need to bet six to get out of from either. exactly. So you lose it. They they screw up the chain betting yeah. of it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. The other thing is like well, they're they're, they're idiots. And uh, but to your point, you don't see them lose it either. No. So it, it doesn't even have that sort of like. Fuck. What I thought was coming from the yeah. system, right? As opposed to like, oh, it's a very realistic portrayal of roulette gambling with an idiot, right? Yeah. I thought he's I've like, done that, by the way, and lost all my money. Of course. But he's yes. saying, he's saying it's black, it's red. And I'm like, oh, double zero, right? Like he's going to have some system sure. where, you know what I mean? You try yeah. to use that logic and the double zeros in is like the, yeah. the yeah. odds changer. No, none of that happens. No. And I'm like, yeah, it's 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 a dumb beat. I don't really know why it's there, other than to just make them look dumb. But you have a chance, right? This is just what I would have pitched to Shelton and been thrown in the roof again. Sure, of course. It's like we didn't get to decide who was best in there. How about I put my 24 on red? Right, right, right. You were 24 on black, and let's see what happens. And then it comes double up double zero. zeros, right? Like they both. Like, that, at least there's something. Yeah, no, I, I there's couldn't agree with you. Yeah. At least at least use that as a, either a metaphor or some sort of a button on what we've just watched. Yeah. But they don't even do that. No. So that happens. It was um, so weird. The, the giving them each 11,000, give or take, at the end was such a weird move. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really you win. Really, no. And sometimes when you win, you really tie. Yeah. That was the tagline. Wasn't that on the poster? No, that was on the that's poster. That's from Whiteback Can't Jump. Uh, Robert Wagner hits Grace in the face and gets away with it. It's awful. It's a terrible and thing. And then also, for, so, for again, no real reason. Let's. Nope. She, no, well, she slapped him. That, that but was, women are kind of allowed to slap men. Absolutely, after what he was doing. But I'm just saying, there yeah, was, he's trying to rape her. Like, he didn't just, like, yeah. see her. Yeah. Just for yeah. anyone who hasn't seen it. He didn't just walk up to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still insane. And then, he apparently, her. when he backslaps her, she gets real drunk. Because the way she leaves the casino. No, she gets a concussion. Yeah. She's just like, ah, I'm leaving. I guess the concussion is Concussion. Definitely. And I know. Because I know they wanted that last shot of all of them have been beat up. But you can't watch it without being like you. Oh, this God, woman I didn't ju- even put that together. That's yeah. what they wanted. She's got it. If you watch yeah, it, no, she has, like, yeah. so it's like all of them got beat up. But it's like you yeah. can't. It's still, he absolutely not he, with it. Without a question, they could have assaulted this woman. Lucy Liu was in Vegas and owed her one. If they really wanted to get her beat up, there was someone who could have done it. Yeah. And also, by the way, like you want him to hit her 
I mean, okay, it's awful. Yeah, get whatever. At least she kicks him in the nuts. At least he goes down too. At least you're like, okay, at least this guy got some comeuppance. Nothing? He, yeah. she should have fucking come up and yeah. hit him in the face with a right cross and knocked his ass yeah, out. Yeah, or like slit his fucking throat. We've already seen her do that. We know she has know. a right cross. Yeah, yeah it sucks. It was All right. So, All right. Uh, zero to 99? I want to do zero to 99. Yeah. Uh, so do you know how this goes? Mm-mm. Okay. So we rank the movies from zero to 99. Hence, 1999. Zero is the worst. 99 is the best. 50 is the threshold of recommendation. So if it's over it, you're recommending it. If it's below it, you're not. We want to know what you thought of it in 99. So rank it then. Rank it now before the podcast and now after the podcast. If the podcast has affected your grade in any real way. So before, I would have, maybe so at like, 99. maybe like a 54 or 99. Okay. I mean, I, I, I was just like, I love sports movies. <laughs> sure. And it was enjoyable to me and I got to see it for free, which was also a big deal uh-huh. in 99. So I was more amenable to it. Now, I mean, five. <laughs> it took a real swing. It took a real. Day. How about before the same before the podcast and after the podcast? Did, did we change your opinion in any way? Oh, now it's a two. Like I would drop the podcast. Wow! Wow! So here's a follow up question. Yeah. Can you name a movie you like less than this? That I like less than the- Mickey Blue Eyes. Two is low. I haven't given a movie a two yet. Yeah, maybe I'm. We've done thirty it. movies. Let me drop it down. Maybe I'm no, no, like do- a fifteen to a ten. Because it's like there it's, is. It's your ranking. I mean, I, I'm just saying. I give Chill Factor a three. Okay, so I, I'm going to move it up then. To like, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's throw it as like a fifteen, and then after this part, I drop it down to maybe a ten. It was okay. I'd be interested to have you back for Mickey Blue Eyes. Um, I don't know how it ends. So well, you're going to know because you're going to watch it. I uh, I had it at fifty six walking into the room. I th- did you I see did. it in ninety nine? Never no. saw it. Never okay. saw it before. Fifty six walking in. Fifty six walking in. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it down to a thirty six. I think that. I got angry and angry over the course of the podcast, and uh, I still don't think it's nearly irredeemable. There's definitely things I liked about it, but it's not a good movie. Uh, I came in here thinking it was probably, I don't know, probably like 45, something like that. Uh, this podcast has not um, has not made me like it more, although mm-hmm. it has made me want to watch Digstown and, and Major League, so I thank you both for that. Great. Definitely watch Digstown. Yeah. Uh, definitely watch WrestleMania 6 at Skydome. You just watched the match. It's such a great match. Okay. Were there other great matches? Six? Yeah. yeah but I, it's like, who can remember anything else after that one? Like, mm, that's true. It's I like mean, a the, big post, memory the poster is the Skydo, right? And then the Warrior hands up, like, energy from the sky and Hulk Hogan flexing, you know, with his weird, like, hot dog arms. There's another just, like, poster that's amazing. Oh. It's Hogan. Oh, my God. And then Warrior is Hogan's shirt. Oh, that's amazing. It's such a good poster. A I'll poster. find it for you. Uh, I'd say after this podcast, I'm in the 30s, I think. I'm at around like 32, maybe 35, if I'm being generous. Uh, didn't like this movie. I can't. I, it, it's tough. It's tough to, it's tough to ride for this film. Um, but, so next week, um, we're doing something new. Uh, we're, 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 we're changing it up a little bit and, and showing that, you know, as we move forward, we, we want to kind of, we don't want to, you know, just be a movie podcast for you guys. We want to, we really want to explore 1999 in all the facets that it existed. Um, from, yeah. from a media perspective. Wait till our Y2K episode. <laughs> Wait till our Y2K. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, we want, we want to show that, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about, uh, music and, and, and TV shows and maybe even books, uh, and all sorts of stuff, you know, the, 
uh, MTV Movie Music Awards and all that kind of stuff. We want to really do a deep dive into all things 99. So next week, we're going to have um, one of my best friends from back home in Toronto. Uh, Jan Katask is coming on. And uh, he did our theme song. He's done our our key art. Um, he is... We're, we're indebted to, to Jan Katask in many, many ways. But um, he's going to come on and we're going to talk about movie soundtracks. Uh, it's, you know, just the best uh, sort of movie soundtracks from 1999 and the worst. And just really kind of have some fun um, outside the, uh, the usual sandbox that we play in. And, uh, I mean, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll be great, too. Yeah. I just, you know, I think that, that 1999 gives us a lot. And uh, as much as we definitely want to explore all the movies, uh, we want to explore all the other stuff that, that it gave us too. Um, and it's just uh, it's just an opportunity to show how uh, how deep this year goes and how exciting and all the sort of really amazing stuff that came out of '99. So, so next week, Jan Kataz. Oh, I mean, yeah, sorry, Jan. I was going to say, in particular, this was an amazing year for movies, but it also was the beginning of, of prestige TV. Absolutely. So. We um we we're really excited to, to kind of dive into that. I think the the movie soundtrack that episode is going to be fantastic. It was kind of the, the height of movie soundtrack still being a relevant way for sure. to promote a song to to break an artist and a great ancillary um, revenue source for studios. Um, yeah, I think I, it's a really cool thing, and I think I think it's going to be a great conversation. I think it's also just like I absolutely agree with everything you're saying, but also just sort of it's amazing how it's evolved. In, in for instance, just to give an example, uh, you know, I watched Someone Great, the the Netflix movie, a couple weeks ago, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, this this movie has a great fucking soundtrack. How? Like, is anyone going to release a soundtrack for this thing? Do they release soundtracks for Netflix movies? I know they kind of did one for Roma, but like, is that a thing? And then I go on to Apple Music. Do they get? Sorry, go ahead. We'll keep going. Yeah, keep going. I was just going to say, and then I go on to Apple Music and I search for it, and someone's made a playlist. And I was like, I guess that's the future of movie oh. soundtracks. You know that is that that uh, did, was there LCD sound system in it? Was that the was that the someone great? You know, it, I don't believe it was. I, and, and if I'm being honest, the, the title is a little bit, a little vague. And they don't really even. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's, it's an LCD sound system song. It is. Probably my, it's probably my favorite LCD sound system song. It's a, it's a great song, and, and uh, it is not in the movie. But, but uh, sort of to the, the, bastard. <laughs> to the bigger point, it's just sort of that, that that's sort of that's the evolution of 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 where we're at now, you know. I, and and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, um, but it was it was interesting. Well, I'm sorry to stomp all over it. It was a, it really is an interesting point. That's <laughs> fine. No it's need fine. for movie soundtracks anymore. Well, what they do now is it's it's funny because what they do now is is they basically have the movie scored by an artist, like how Kendrick Lamar, yes. essentially you know song scored Black mm-hmm. Panther. Um, I mean there there are other examples, but. Uh, that's the one that's coming to mind. Yeah, it's you it's see that a lot. Well, you'll see. Yeah, um, you know, you have uh, a Lady Gaga song scored. Um, a Star is Born. Right, or you'll have like Lord curated the soundtrack for one of the Hunger Games movies, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you, you're having sort of similar to, to Kendrick, where like she did a song and then you know curated quote unquote the rest of it, whatever that means. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, but you know, I imagine that it's that it's you know. 
using uh, whatever sort of clout she has or, or relationship she has in order to sort of put together an album. It's it's interesting. It, it's what's also interesting too is that if you look at the someone great playlist, for instance, like that playlist had every song that played in that movie, right? Whereas a soundtrack, generally speaking, doesn't do that, right? It's songs that were inspired by the movie or whatever the case might be, or they pick, you know, 13 great tracks or, you know, whatever. Um, this playlist. I remember one you know, of my favorite, I remember one of my favorite soundtracks was the Boogie Night soundtrack. Sure. And they, they actually put out a second one yep. because they didn't get all the songs on the first one. Yep. So, so it's that stuff's interesting. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna play with all that stuff in, in this episode with Jan. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. So next week, uh, check it out. We're gonna have Jan Task on talking about uh, movie soundtracks from 1999. And yeah, I mean, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no. Yeah, Christian, this was great, dude. This was fantastic. Yeah. And please come back seriously. Sure. sure. Uh, if it's for Mickey Blue Eyes, <laughs> or if it's for Galaxy Quest, or for any whatever given Sunday, any whatever. given Sunday, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, are there other sports movies in '99? Am I drawing a blank? Hold on, because I feel like I feel like I'm. Hold on. Um, what's the other movie that she's in? It's called The Devil's Arithmetic, and it is a TV movie. We may do it. Who knows? Her and Brittany Murphy. Oh. So here are the five sports movies that came out in 1999. You've got Any Given Sunday, Varsity Blues, Mystery Alaska. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm talking. Play It to the Bone, Beyond the Mat, and a movie called Switching Goals with Mary-Kate Olsen and uh, Ashley Olsen. Is that hockey or soccer? Oh, it's soccer. If we wind up... Doing switching goals, <laughs> things will have gone very badly for. Or very, very well, very well, very well. Very well. That's yeah. right. I mean, it's really hard to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you're coming back on. Come hell or high water. Um, here's the other thing we could do mm. that we should do. 1999 was a bang up year for the WWE. Oh, maybe that's also, interesting. And if I, you want to well, do, I'm gonna drop something on you. Yeah. My era, of course, the WWE is bringing quality, but my favorite. Was the decline of the WCW? I loved it. Are you? Are, I'm talking three hour nitros. I'm talking. I got bad news. I, I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to really, really doesn't know shit about wrestling in Canada. I'm going to sell me out. Do you listen to this new Bischoff podcast? Mm-mm. You would lose your fucking shit. Oh no! I mean, I, I've read the book about the decline. It's just spectacular. It, it's Bischoff talking about all this shit, everything that fell apart that was awful. It's spectacular. All right, so. If we in '99, what was I'd what, be gay for doing just an episode about like well WrestleMania? We should do we should do WrestleMania '99, which was an amazing WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania '99 was the one was was Stone Cold versus The Rock, the first one. Great, that's and, it. And you and you know it's Dwayne Johnson, big movie star great. now. And Fantastic. I believe that Starcade '99 that year featured like a four hour match between El Dandy. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero. Oh, really? It was just like it was just the back then. It was there a La Parka sighting? Oh, yeah, La Parka was definitely in the house <laughs> yeah. with the chair. I loved it. LWO was in full effect. Yeah, but like let's see the world order. These were the worst pay per views ever. It was like two and a half hours. I love the decline of WWE. Two and a half totally hours of just like mid card grinders, and then nine minutes of like. At the Wolfpack versus somebody, and then just a whole bunch of like food thrown into the ring, and both got, it's a tie because no one would take a pin. It was just it was like incredible. Their paper. We should talk about that off air. Our viewers, pro- our listeners, probably hate this, but I have I, no I, I fucking idea what's I happening. I personally do want to do WrestleMania. I'm into it. Fifteen. How do I get that? How can I watch the it? network? Well, well, you'll come over to my house. We'll do it together. Okay. WWE DVDs, or you can just stream it online through WWE WWE Network. Um, they own everything. WrestleMania 15, Austin versus the Rock, versus the Rock, and then I believe it was like the first TLC match, and like it was it was TLC tables, ladders, and chairs. It was literally because of ECW's growing popularity. It was the high point in the history of this of this 
sports Table, slash entertainment. Guys, okay, this, you, is, this you, has been great. You really I'm, worked through this one with us. You really did. You I, you really, we appreciate you sticking this out you if got, you have. We have great if you've listeners. listened to this, I don't even know what to even call this. Thank you, Christian, for coming on. Thanks, You're Christian. on Twitter, right? Are you on Twitter? Yeah, sort of. Okay. What's just, your handle? Just Sealander. Cool. I just, I just talk about how much I hate the Warriors. I don't really have jokes on there. Anymore. The Golden State Warriors? I hate the Warriors. I want Rodney Hood to come out and hit Kevin Durant in the knee with a baseball bat and then just get kicked like last Boy Scout style yeah. type scenario <laughs> and then have LeBron just destroy them. So do I. My dog is named LeBron. I'm great. so in the fucking bag for him. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, well, Christian Landers on Twitter. That Kenny's awesome. at Nybart. I'm at Nybart. I'm at PM Iscove on Twitter and on Instagram. We're at uh, podcast like 1999 for the show. Please rate, review, subscribe. Thanks, Blake. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. You want to podcast like it? 1999. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.